verses 5 through 9. We're talking about today, and, and I'm going in line with that promised as Pastor Jones and I were speaking about today. Today is Heritage Sunday. So I begin to pray and really consider and think about heritage, what that means to us and to who we are, and what that means to the future, to the generations that are to come. And I entitled the message today, Sacred Heritage, Priceless Inheritance. It's all about us understanding the value in Heritage Sunday. Celebrate what we have been given. As I mentioned, you're standing in a 103-year-old church. This church was born in the throes of World War I, stood through World War II, the rule of Hitler in Nazi Germany, the Korean War, the atomic bomb of Hiroshima, apartheid in South America, the Vietnam War, Persian Gulf, Iran-Iraq War, Desert Storm, two great, uh, great, the Great Depression, and two major stock market crashes. So much that this church has been through in all those many, many years, a century of history. And yet, this church has stood through it all, and not just stood. I've mentioned to you before, several weeks back, that there are uh, statistics that tell us that over 10,000 churches close their doors a year that there are over 4,000 ministers that leave ministry a year. And when we look at those, those statistics and we understand the pressures and the trials and the troubles that go with being a, an embassy, a world headquarters for God, the way the enemy would fight and the world fights, it's a wonder that anyone could stand. But here we are 103 years later and not only standing but thriving. That's the hand of Almighty God. That's the hand of the Lord. But you know what? It's because all throughout our history, there was a remnant of faithful, obedient servants of God. People who were not afraid to stand on the word of God. This church has stood through it all. As I mentioned earlier, that band of small believers in 1915 on the front porch of the little house on Auburn Street. Here they are. In 1915, if they could have any idea what it would look like in 2018 with two morning services full. You should have seen the attendance in the first service. They are giving you a run for your money. But it's amazing to think what God is doing as we thrive through it all. So I praise God for our heritage, for the sacred heritage, Clayton Street, Harlem Park, Stratford Heights Church of God. And this morning, for the priceless inheritance that we all hold in our hands and in our hearts and that we have to give to the next generation. Tonight I'll be preaching the second part of this message. I'm going to focus on Elijah and Elisha and that double portion, the mantle of inheritance that he received from Elijah. So all day long it's going to be heritage. So let's get started in the few minutes that I have today. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. But we have this treasure, this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Psalm 16 and verse 5, O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. And my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. 
thank you, Lord, for your word. We stand today asking you by your Holy Spirit to speak to us and to challenge us. Help us to appreciate what you've given to us in a sacred heritage and a priceless inheritance. Touch us today, Lord, and thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. There's an old story told by an old Church of God preacher. It says, a man was lost in the Mojave Desert, dying of thirst. And in the distance, he saw an old shack through the gate looking, desperately looking for water. He saw an old pump that was off to the side, but it looked completely abandoned. He was happy to see an old jug off to the right of it, and he wiped off the dust. And he saw a note that said, you must prime the pump with all the water which is in this jug. P.S. Be sure and fill the jug again before you leave for the next thirsty traveler. He popped the cork, and sure enough, it was water. But it was hot and stale. But it was water nonetheless. So while he was dying of thirst, he's standing there with a decision to make. Do I drink it, or do I pour it into the pump? Reluctantly, he poured it all in. He pumped and pumped, and nothing happened. He kept pumping, and was about to give up when suddenly he saw a trickle of water come out. He pumped even harder and even more until finally a rusty stream of water came out. And then it wasn't long before a very cool stream of clear, pure water was rushing out of the pump. He drank to his fill and then he refilled the jug. Before he put it back, he took the the note and he scribbled a little bit more on there. And he said, believe me, it really works. That story has a message in it. The message is simply this, we have a responsibility to leave a godly heritage to those who will follow in our footsteps. We have a responsibility to leave an inheritance to the future generations. We don't know when the Lord is going to come. No man knows the day or the hour. We know and we believe the signs show us that it isn't long. But in the process, we live like he's coming tomorrow, but we plan like he's going to come a hundred years from now. And in that process, it's right for us to consider that our faith walk with Jesus is more than just about us. It's about the generations to come. Other generations are coming behind us, not only in our church. It's important, and I'm so thankful for the family, the original family that is still here 103 years later after this church was birthed. I'm thankful for other families that have been here 70, 80 85 years, we had one that was 87 years they've been attending this church. Amazing, when you consider and you think about the people that have continued to leave a goodly heritage and a priceless inheritance. Our church, our kids, your grandkids, your sons, your daughters, their kids, the kids that come after them, all of these folks, we're responsible and accountable for the the treasure in earthen vessels that I read in our text. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power be of God and not of us. David wrote and said in Psalm 16, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Another version says a goodly heritage. I know people plan and they strategize about what they'll leave to their loved ones. And perhaps you have, I have. We consider what 
what will our legacy be? What will we be remembered for? You know, I walk through cemeteries as I do quite often, and, and I'll see the headstones, and you'll get a little bit picked a little bit of a picture of what the people were like as you walk by and you'll see a hockey stick on one or you'll see a motorcycle on the, on the picture or you'll see something in, in the flowers around the edge of the tombstone, something um, around the marker that just kind of gives you a clue into who those people were, perhaps a Bible scripture on the bottom. The one I've heard of that I've, I would love to see sometime is I heard someone had a, a tombstone and I could tell a lot about the person because it says at the bottom under their name, it said, I told you I was sick. You know what kind of person that was. They were always having some kind of ailment, you know, we know that. But uh, we, all, we all plan, we strategize about what, what we'll be remembered for. What will you be remembered for? What is it about you that people will talk about years from now? What will they say about you? Will they say that you were a woman, a man of faith, that, that you were a prayer warrior? Will they say that you were kind and you, you went out of your way to love and serve others? Were you a gentle spirit or were you abrasive? Were you someone who offended more than you ever uh, lifted up or edified? What is it that people are going to say about you? These things are important not only about your name, but they're important about the name that you leave for your family and for the children and the children's children down through generations. My grandmother had an old radio on top of the hutch at her house, and that radio played W-O-N-E country. Every day, every year, I can remember. And that little radio, that beautiful thing is that she gave that to me, and I have that radio at my house, and it's still on 1410. I haven't changed it. But she used to play that thing, and my, my grandfather had passed away uh, very tragically in, in 1974, and, or 1976, and so for like 11 years, I stayed all night at my grandma's house every night. I had my own room, and I, I lived at my house, but I stayed at night with her because she was afraid to stay by herself. So I did that, and it became quite a routine, and, and every morning I would get up for school, and I would go out and sit, and she would have, you know, a glass of Coke. And she, Coca-Cola, by the way, not Pepsi. But she would have that, and, and she would uh, have, you know, a little muffin or a, something for me to eat. And, and I, I'd hear that country music. And W-O-N-E, country, baby. And uh, she would play it, and it would be all, and a couple years in, I finally got a little courage one day. And I was like, Grandma, could I change the radio station? I said, would it be all right to change that radio station from country music to something else? And she just looked at me. And I said, well, you know, I said, I mean, country music sometimes, I said, I can, I can sum up all the songs we hear all the time in one line. I'm a drinking my life away because my woman left me today. I said, Grandma, that's all the songs. That's all of them. And she turned around with a spoon in her hand. And she said, son, you need to appreciate your roots. She said, you're country. She goes, we come from the hills of Jackson County, Tennessee, and you better appreciate where you've come from. She goes, country music is the anthem of our family, and you're going to like it. And no, you can't turn that channel. She cared about what I thought about my heritage. She wanted to make sure that somehow she 
poured a love for country music into my life. Never really happened, but I didn't ask her to change the channel ever again. But, you know, we call that heritage. We call it inheritance. We call it leaving our legacy and wanting to pour into our children who we are and, and what, we, what we believe in or where we've come from or what our family roots are. These are important things. I'm telling you this morning, if you have found relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've been washed and forgiven and cleansed of every sin, if you've made him the Lord of your life, and you're walking by faith this morning, then you have an amazing heritage of faith that you are to pass on to the next generation. There's something so much more important than leaving all the gold in California. Something greater than houses and lands and silver and gold. A spiritual inheritance is greater. It's the greatest thing you'll ever leave to your children. It's the difference between heaven and hell and an infinite table at one or the other. It's a difference between right and wrong. It's a difference between eternity and hell and, and destruction. It's the difference between what we know to be faith and what we know to be fear. One of the greatest examples of someone who transferred that faith, who wasn't perfect in their life. They, they didn't do everything correct all the time. But once they had come to a place of genuine repentance and turned their life over and surrendered to the Lord, they became an example that has stood through the tests of time and generations. And that was David, who the Bible says had a heart after God. David, through his faithfulness, through his obedience... To God was not just a godly man with a great testimony. David was a spiritual father who passed on his heritage, a spiritual heritage, inheritance for his children and his children's children all the way down through lineage, clear to the very birth of Christ. In Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4, we kind of get an idea of what David did. It was this, he says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said mercy shall be built up forever. That's so important. Don't forget that. Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall establish in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to my servant David. Your seed I will establish forever and build up your throne to all generations. You jump down to verse 28 and it says, My mercy, uh, God says, I will keep for him forever and my covenant shall stand firm with him. His seed also I will make to endure forever and his throne as the days of heaven. If his sons even forsake my law and do not walk in my judgments, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His seed shall endure forever. His throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever like the moon, even like the faithful witness in the sky. Now you, 
may not have been able to really grasp what I was just reading to you. But what I was saying to you, there's your faithfulness, your obedience, your solid relationship with God. That covenant that you make with him is going to follow you all the way through to your death and on into the hearts and lives of your children and your children's children and their children and all of those who are afar off. God has got stored up blessings, stored up mercy waiting for the families. They may not even, it says, they may not even do right. They may even break the laws of God. They may turn their back like many had done. Even Solomon, who was his very own son, had turned his back on the statutes. But even in that truth, God was faithful to make sure that even, he said, even though Solomon has broken the laws and turned his back on done unrighteous un, uh, uh, acts, he said, I will not rip the throne from him in his lifetime because of his father David. I'm telling you, you need to get it this morning. If you're a prayer warrior, if you're a praying mother or a praying father, then you need to wise up and hear what I'm saying to you today. Every prayer, every gift, every act of kindness and service that you have given to you, the Lord in obedience and faithfulness, every single one of them is building up a mercy bank where your children will have the reward and the inheritance that will come through your faithfulness. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God said, nevertheless, my covenant that I've made with you and your children will last forever. It will always be in effect because you, David, have pleased me. I'm going to bless you, David, and there's nothing that any man can do about it. We have a sacred heritage. Now, I believe that God still has a church today. I believe he's got praying parents and praying grandparents even in this house this morning and I want to encourage you better than leaving a new car better than leaving a solid bank account or a retirement account better than an inheritance full of real estate and all kinds of things and those are wonderful things don't get me wrong you should plan for the future and taking care of your family as long as you don't forget the thing that matters the most is the breath that's breathing in, your, in and out of your lungs this morning and the heartbeat in your body that has been a gift from Almighty God. That life in you, the faith that you have given to God, that spiritual inheritance, that faith inside of you is the single most important thing that you will ever give your child, your son or your daughter. It's all right, go ahead and praise him. I just dare to believe that in this modern day chosen generation, we still have people who have a biblical faith, who still have a biblical stance, who still will stay true to the doctrines of the Lord. I'm telling you what, we're living in a day where churches are fickle, Christians are fickle. I get tired of the complacency. I'm amazed at the people that I've known for years that I'll get with them and they want to talk about how they have been enlightened and now they're living a whole new lifestyle and it's full of all kinds of worldliness and all kinds of things that they once said they'd never do and never be a part of but now it's just it's just no holds barred. There's no limit. There's no filter. There's nothing anymore. No stand. No, nothing right and nothing wrong with them. It's love love, love, mercy, mercy, mercy. And while that is great, 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 that is the 
there's a little bit more to it than that. Because he said, don't let your life be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have a new mind, a new heart, a new life, and you've been given that right through the word of Almighty God. And there's a, a doctrine of purity in here. And you better love this word if you love your children. Don't tell me you love your children if you don't love this word. Now, I just gave you something that will save your life if you'll hear what I'm saying to you. If you love your children, you better love this word. You better understand this word. You better hear and heed to this word. Doers of this word and not just hearers only. Our heritage is a sound doctrine of faith. People are hungry today for truth of God's word. They're hungry today for, for what will stand through the fires and through the floods of trials and troubles. They want to know what will stand through the horrors of the political upheaval and chaos that we see in these days. And by the way, vote Tuesday. Get an amen. That was good. I just threw that in. Paul said to Timothy, Said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. He said to Timothy, he said, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires. I want somebody to give me a scripture that will back it up. I want somebody to teach me, tell me it's okay to do whatever I want because rebellion has set up in my soul. And I don't want to conform to this. I want this to conform to me. That's the attitude. I see it every day. I hear it every day. I meet with people on a regular basis who continually let me and it know that they don't believe like they used to. My, my, my. As far as I know, he said he never changes. He never changes. Now, I'm not talking about methodology. I'm not talking about methods. Things change. I mean, we use video screens now. We used to use you know, slide projectors, and we used to use transparencies. We changed the methods, but the message, it don't change. Paul said, I die daily. I crucify this flesh. Do you? He says, I live to, to memorize and meditate on the precepts of God. I live all throughout the word of God. We are instructed to be disciplined, to live a convicted sanctified, holy life. Do you love the word enough? Do you love your children enough? Because it makes a huge eternal difference in their lives. They will turn their ears from the truth and being turned aside to fables. But you, Timothy, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Churches everywhere and people who once stood on solid foundations of holiness are compromising truth. We must have a pure doctrine, a doctrine that's void 
of the opinions and modern ideas of man. I still believe. Here's what I found to be true. We don't do it like great-great-grandma did. But my great-great-grandma who taught my great-grandma mom Duncan. Who taught my grandmother Clara. Who taught my mother Mary. Who taught me and my five sisters. And they're now have taught their kids. And their great kids and their grandkids after them. We're down generation after generation after generation. And what I found is why the methods have changed. The message has not. The message is true. And it stands today. The same Jesus Christ that saved and transformed and sanctified my great-great-grandmother is the same Jesus that sanctified me and will sanctify our kids to come. It isn't going to change in the last hours. It's going to actually get a little bit hotter because he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. They'll prophesy and your old men and your young men will see visions and dream dreams. There's a lot more coming down the pike as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. We need somebody who will stand up again and say, I want to be a part of the fired up church. I want to be a part of the last day outpouring. I want to stay true to the doctrines of holiness and living sanctified before God. And I want to make sure that my kids know it. They understand it. And they see it lived in my life. Have you noticed that they don't do so much what you've said? They do more what you do? I need, you might need to open the door. I, might need to, I think I might need to run out the side door. Haven't you noticed? They don't do so much what you say, but they sure do do what you do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We believe. I wanted, I, re, I wanted to read, I printed out the whole Church of God Declaration of Faith. I wanted to read it under the anointing. Okay, I think I will. <laughs> we believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. We believe in one God eternally existing in three persons, namely the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father, conceived of the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary. That Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. That he ascended to heaven and is today at the right hand of the Father as the intercessor. We believe that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that repentance, oh come on, is commanded for God, of God, for all and necessary for the forgiveness of sins. We believe in justification, regeneration, and the new birth that are wrought by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe in sanctification subsequent to the new birth through faith in the blood of Christ through the word and by the Holy Ghost. We believe holiness to be God's standard of living for his people. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the subsequent to a clean heart with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. We believe in water baptism by immersion and divine healing provided for all in the atonement. We believe in the Lord's Supper and washing of the saints' feet we believe in the premillennial second coming of Jesus Christ. Woo! First, 
to resurrect the righteous dead and to catch away the living saints to him in the air and second to reign on the earth a thousand years. And we believe in the bodily resurrection, eternal life for the righteous and eternal punishment for the wicked. Can you say amen to the reading of the pure doctrines of faith in God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? The scripture talks about this pure theology that needs to be passed on to the next generation. Deuteronomy 6 and 6 says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. I have a feeling we're going to have to change the family altar just a little bit to match what we see and find in the Word of God. Heritage Sunday is a priceless inheritance, a truth that we must pass on from one generation to the next. Because if we don't, if we get too busy, if we get too complacent, if we get too lukewarm and cold, if we start to doubt our walk with God and the faith that we've stood, the road that we've traveled begins to crumble with the worldliness around us. And we begin to look like them, act like them, talk like them, walk like them, live like them. Then here is where we'll end up being. Judges chapter 2 and verse 10. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Can I tell you and challenge you, Stratford Heights Church, we must raise a generation that knows the power of Almighty God. We must know the manifestation of his presence once again. I believe with all my heart. When that little band of believers got over there on Auburn Street and they began to praise the Lord, I guarantee you they didn't leave their churches to come over there and sit on a porch and just strum a little kumbaya. I don't think that they were there. Well, let's just, let's just have a little quiet devotion and let's just, let's just meditate. I can see Sister Amanda. I can see her to this day. That was a little Pentecostal holiness woman. I can see her to this day saying, Hey, we didn't come here to play around. We came here to have church. I believe that, that the way that revival broke out, the way they filled up the front porch and the house and the yard all around them, then had to get a garage over on Clayton Street, had to pack it out, then had to tear it down and build a new building. I believe that they were having church over there on Clayton Street. I believe that they were passing on a, a fire to a generation. You know why I know? Because within the first 10 years, we grew. And by the 10th year or the 15th year, they were running 500. Then they were running 700. Then they were running 800 by the time... They got into the 20-year range. They were already packing it out, happened to find some other place to go. They have always been thriving and growing all down through our history. They moved from Clayton Street to Wilbraham Road. They bought that building, packed it out, took it over, couldn't work anymore until they finally came up on the mountain. And here we are today, and we have to have two services in the morning because you are still growing, still thriving 103 years later. Why? Because the power of an almighty God is here in this house. It's time for our kids to hear us pray out loud again. It's time for our children to see dad leading their family in worship. Hands raised in worshiping God 
in the house of the Lord. It's time for our kids to see mom crying tears of joy around the family altar. Again, it's time for them to see and experience the manifestation of the power of Almighty God. I'll never forget when my mother was dying. It was the day that she was going to die. And our family had gathered at my dad's house. And we were there getting ready to go. And we knew it was a sad day for us. We knew that today was the day they were going to shut off the machines. And my mom had already been pronounced brain dead for over a week and, and we, we were getting ready to go and my little three-year-old niece Sydney was standing around she poked on her mom's dress and she said mommy I want to pray I want to pray for mama so she Lori looked at everyone and said hey everybody Sydney wants to pray for for grandma and so they put her up on an ottoman and she stood there and everybody stood around and we all bowed our heads and this little three-year-old little gorgeous little girl standing there she starts praying and she said God, we pray for Mama. We pray for her to get up and to walk again. And she said, and God, we pray for her for this generation, Lord. And she said, and we ask you, God, do it in your name. And she said, love a dubba 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 dubba. <laughs> and of course, I'm standing there and I'm like, what in the world? And everybody was like, oh, my goodness, what is she doing? She's lubba-dubba-dubba-dubba. And said, in Jesus' name, amen. And we went, amen. And I pulled Cindy off to the, or Sydney off to the side. I said, Sid, I said, what was you doing when you were praying at the end there when you said that lubba-dubba-dubba thing? What were you doing? Her little eyes looked up at me. She said, I was just praying like you pray, Uncle Ray. Amen. We have to pass. We have to pass on our faith, the doctrines that we hold true. If we're not careful, you see, there's been it's a two-sided coin. See, a lot of folks started saying, uh, let's, let's take off our denominational names off of the churches because, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. We want to minister to everybody. And, and, and everybody bought into it. I, I bought into it. I thought, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody. It's a Stratford Heights Church. We'll, we'll go with Stratford Heights Church. And, and the more I kept doing that, and we kept just putting on a few things. And, and I kept, we changed, our sign is staying like it is, and we're not about to change anything else, as a matter of fact, because it, it suddenly dawned on me one day when somebody was talking, and I think it was David Bailey, and he said, you know, I used to go on vacation, and I used to be able to go visit a church, and he said, nowadays, I, I walk into these churches, like they just say community church, and long range church, and golf chain, golf course church, and this church, and that church, and there's no church, you don't know who the Methodists are, the Baptists are, the Presbyterians are, Church of God, or the First Church of God, Second Church of God, Fourth Church of God, you have no idea who they are, if they're Pentecostal, they're holiness, they're non-denominational, or denominational, you don't know anything about them anymore, and that's good, I guess, in one respect, because it causes everybody to feel comfortable, but at the same time, it also puts a whole bunch of folks in a house where nobody is laying claim to any pure doctrine anymore. 
Everybody's trying to ease it up and water it up to where you don't know who it is. I'm here to tell you this morning, we are the Stratford Heights Church of God. We believe in Pentecost and we believe in the power of Almighty God to work in our lives according to the declaration of faith of what we believe. That doesn't mean that we say all those other churches are wrong. It just says that when you come in here, you better know what you're going to get. We believe in sanctification and we believe in holiness and we believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Somebody going to run, somebody going to shout, somebody going to speak in tongues, and that's just who we are. We have discovered that in the word of Almighty God, this is the truth as sure as we know it, and we're going to live for it. We're going to die for it if necessary. That's the truth, and that's the way we believe, and that's what we're going to pass down to our generations. Well, you mean those other churches aren't going to heaven? I didn't say that. Of course they are. There'll be all kinds of people in heaven. There'll be a little Catholic. There's a little Catholic lady lived across the street from us growing up. That woman, she never went to the house of the Catholic church. She never went there, but she was Catholic because she thought, you ask her, she, well, I was Catholic because I was raised Catholic. She, but she, every morning she got up, she prayed to Jesus. I'd hear her out in the garden praying to the Lord, talking to him. And I'd come up and I'd say, Rosie, what are you doing? I'm just praising the Lord. I'm just talking to Jesus. You know, I, I, she, it doesn't matter what her label was. She had a relationship with Jesus, and that's all that matters. So, yeah, there'll be lots of people get to heaven that weren't part of any particular church or was a part of all of those churches. What, what's important is that we're talking about what is our responsibility and our accountability when it comes to passing on to our future generations the truth as we know it. And it is that we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit at work in the lives of his people. So I don't want to be a stepping stone or a stumbling block to the next generation. I don't want our kids to live for God. I want, I'm sorry, our kids to live for God because of me, not in spite of me. You can go ahead and write that down if you want to. I want my life to be an impact on the younger generation, challenging them to live for Jesus. The Lord wants you to know that every prayer, every act of obedience that you give to God, you are setting up a memorial, a memorial to the future generations in your family. And when you don't, unfortunately, it's just the opposite. You say, what are you talking about? Job chapter 21 and verse 19. If you'll start to help me, I'll land this plane. Job 21 verse 19 says this. God lays up one's iniquity for his children. What? God lays up one's iniquity for his children. Proverbs 13 and 22 says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. God will not alter the covenant that he has made with you, right or wrong. Whether you've been right or wrong, good or bad. It's your choice. God says, if they mess up, if they mess up, I'll still visit them and show mercy because of your covenant with me. Because you made a covenant with me. Even when they walk away from the faith, I will still visit them. And I will be kind to them. And I will show mercy to them. But it says, when you fail, when you don't follow through, 
when you let your covenant go, then that follows you as well. It's so important for us to understand. It's so it's not about just doing nothing. No, if you do nothing, then you're leaving nothing. If you forget the word of God, then you're you're forgetting your children. You're not leaving a blessing for them. You're leaving a curse for them. If you don't obediently serve the Lord. Now, this is just the truth of God's word. I can give you 25 more scriptures. When you are faithful to him, you leave a goodly heritage and a godly inheritance. When you are rebellious towards him, you leave a curse on your children. And somebody is saying, what are you talking about? Psalm 18 and 50, great deliverance he gives to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. Psalm 103, verse 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Mm. Luke 1 and 50. New Testament. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Somebody in here is still living on the prayers of grandma. Some in here are living on the blessing of grandma, grandpa. Some of you are still living in the favor of your father's prayers, your mother's prayers. God says, I will never forsake my covenant with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 says, For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Hmm. That's the word of God. I'm sorry, it's not First Ray 2 and 3. He loves us enough. See, the, it's the good, it, it's, just, it's just your choice. Don't get mad at God. Don't get mad at God. It's your choice. Somebody says, well, what if I don't want to serve him? Go for it. I mean, let's forget about eternal destruction and a hell that's made for those who forsake and reject God. Let's forget about that for a minute. What about your children? What about your kids? Stand with me this morning. David had been dead 11 years. Solomon had built and dedicated the temple to God. And in his prayer, he refers to his father David nine times. The last word in his prayer of dedication was this. He said, and remember the mercies of my father David. When he prayed that prayer, something happened in the heavenlies. Now listen. He, he's praying this prayer and he says, and Lord, remember the mercies of my father David. Now here's the prayer. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped, praising the Lord, saying, For he is good, 
for his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. They were responding to the prayer of remember the mercies of David, which endure forever. God wants to bless your babies. God wants to bless with an inheritance. He wants the positive in your situation. He wants to bless. He's looking to favor. He's looking to honor. God is looking to leave a goodly heritage and a spiritual inheritance for your children. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, I wonder if there's anyone in here today that would say, you know what, I haven't done it right. I haven't done it right. As a matter of fact, I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. I have not served him. And I have a family. And not only do I need to make it, make this decision because it's the right decision for my soul, for my life, but I need to make this decision for those that are coming after me. I need to leave a good heritage and I need to leave an inheritance. I may not have much in this world when it comes to earthly things, but I can leave them eternal things. And if that's you this morning and you'd say, I want to pray that prayer, would you just lift your hand and write back down and we're going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Is there anyone else? I want to I want to leave a good good heritage and a spiritual inheritance. God bless you. All right, let's pray together and then we're going to pray for us as a church and a congregation. We're going to believe and ask the Lord to challenge our hearts and to fill us with the fire of his Holy Spirit that we will keep a right mind when it comes to priorities. We make strategies and plans for this life. It's time that we think about the heritage and the inheritance of the afterlife. Let's pray with these and have prayed. The Bible tells us that if we believe and we know that he is the son of God and we accept him into our lives and we make a public confession that we're saved. If you haven't done it right, perhaps you've just lived a callous, careless life, a lukewarm life, that this same prayer applies. Let's get right with God this morning and put priorities straight when it comes to our life and our families. Let's pray this together. Church, help us. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I've sinned. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You bought my salvation, and I give my life to you. I surrender my heart. Be the Lord of my life, and help me to leave an inheritance for my family, a heritage of faith. I believe you in my heart, and I confess you now with my mouth, so I'm saved in my house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Now, Lord, I come to you this morning as pastor over this house. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would guide us, touch us, challenge us your word. Lord, that we know your word. That we begin to consume your word, meditate on it day and night, teach it to our children when we're walking by the wayside, when we're lying down and rising up. Help us, God, 
in all that we do to understand the priority of inheritance and goodly heritage that is our accountable responsibility to you. Help us, Jesus, not only as a church, but as Christians, fathers and mothers and grandparents. Help us today to leave that right inheritance for our future generations. Help us, Lord, to leave a legacy of faith, to leave a legacy of truth. Help us to be an example before them. God, not just to scream out and tell them what to do, but God, live it in front of them. We ask you to help us today. Anoint us for this, we ask, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ forever. We give you the glory and the praise for it. In your name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. How about the word today? Let's appreciate the pastor, heritage. The, the day continues. As we heard, it'll continue on tonight. We want to give pastor and the other uh, pastors time to get to a door. They want to shake your hand and, and just thank you for coming and have a word with you. And we want to remind you again to go into lobby and uh, sign up for the respite care ministry that happens on November the 16th. You'll see uh, right out here, uh, about right behind these windows in the middle, you'll see uh, Missy standing there with Sarah, and uh, they want to get you signed up and answer your questions. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day, and have a wonderful week.